Welcome to the Opinion Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs. We are now into February. So another month down. Postseason is upon us on the high school level. Postseason for colleges is getting closer. We've had some big duels here uh, this last week. Um, and let's just go ahead and jump right into the biggest one of them all. Um, you had number one versus number two out at State College, Pennsylvania, where uh, Penn State came away with uh, a win over Iowa. Um, 23-14, the Nittany Lions uh, snapped Iowa's 15-dual win streak in front of 15,998 fans at the Bryce Jordan Center. And we were kind of talking about it uh, beforehand. As big of a duel as it was, it was it was kind of a it was kind of a snoozer for as far as action goes. Yeah, I agree. The uh, uh, after the first two matches, um, there's no a whole lot of points that were put on the board, uh, other than up to to uh, 97. But I mean, you got you had uh, 33. The score is four to one. Uh, Murin won. A, was it run writing time or something like that? And then. He added a Murin added a takedown late, takedown uh, late. to to win four one as well, but still the same. Yeah, and then you know. Seabrook's match was three two. Kennedy's match was a tiebreaker. Brands was was two to one on riding time. So I mean, it's just there weren't very exciting matches in terms of a lot of action going on. Uh, you know, exciting because they were close, but. It's just one of those meets that sometimes when you get those top level wrestlers, not a lot of happens, you know, uh, they're, they're a little bit cautious or they show a good defense. And, you know, sometimes you get a two to one match. That's a great scramble. Like the Seabrick match, actually three to two was, there was a lot going on there, but, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, so that's not always the case. So. Right. And, you know, the, the thing about those close matches, you know, we talked about how 49 through 65 were going to be, uh, kind of toss-ups, but if you throw in 74 there, um, I was never, I never, it, except for 57 with Haynes and Seabrecht, that one, you know, there was some action at times, but 65, even though it was two to one in tiebreaker, I, there is never a point where I was like, oh, Facundo could, could score here. Or, you know, Kennedy's in bad shape. Um, just kind of, just kind of figured that's how it was going to be. Right. There, there was never, you know, and the same thing with Brands and Starochi. That was two to one, but there was never a point where I thought, oh, Brands is close to, you know, Brands has, uh, uh, is in position to be able to, to win this or score a winning takedown. There's never anything like that in those two matches. And even in 97 with, and throwing heavyweight too. Um, it was kind of strange that those matches, even though they were close and within a move of going the other way, there was never a point where I thought, yeah, the person who's behind was going to come back. Same 
with Murin at 49 and even Woods at 41, um, even though those were close scores, never thought the the other person really was a threat. Right. The, uh, like you said, that one match with, with Seabrook, and then the rest were, you know, uh, Kennedy, I just think he wanted on conditioning. Um, mm-hmm. He just looked, he looked like he was in better shape and I was never, he had great defense, shot defense, strong hips and did a good job there. The, uh, 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 you heard a lot of complaining on the Iowa side regarding stall calls, but honestly, if that meets held at Iowa, at, at Carver, <laughs> you know, Iowa's going to be, going to be out there going stall and stall and get to and work those stall calls as well. So to me, that was just that that's the advantage of being at home one way or another, just having to be in college park this, you know, this week, this year, but, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so you're going to have that. And I don't think it was out of order. Um, you know, the stalls were there some, you know, they might've been helped a little bit with the crowd, but you know, that's, well, you, know, you know, Tom, Tom Brands kind of brought this up on his, uh, you know, in his weekly media availability. I listened to it really quickly, so forgive me if I'm taking it out of context or misrepresenting it, but I believe he was asked about that situation, you know, kind of uh, sitting on the ankle or or whatever, you know, kind of lacing through the ankle and that kind of being a stall ride. And, you know, he kind of talked about how, you know, there, there have been a series of different things that have popped up throughout the, you know, the course of college wrestling, right? Certain moves or certain holds or certain uh, strategies that have been kind of in and been effective. And then guess what? You kind of have to coach and, you know, uh, you know, coach and and deal with it um for lack of a better term um and then all of a sudden that ends up going away because you've learned how to you know to wrestle against it and then you move on and something else pops up and you've got to address it and so it's not like coaches haven't been you know trying to address it um as far as, hey, you know, you need to protect your ankle. This is, you know, certain things that you need to do instead of, you know, allowing them to do it, right? So, right. you I know, mean, if you if you don't like them doing it, find a way, you know, don't let them do it. <laughs> it's called the evolution you know? of the sport. The, uh, yeah. you know, as the As the technique goes one direction, the defense, you know, catches up to it. Like for instance, where people were saying DeSanto is stalling, he's stalling, or guys that were wrestling DeSanto or stalling, I should say, not DeSanto, uh, because they had put their their arm behind the, hit the back to take away his his uh, his uh, tie up and and his offense. You know, so it, it's just the evolution of the sport. So anyway, that uh, and and I did like I did like uh, um, Coach Brands's comments towards, you know, people leaning towards freestyle and he, you know, he defended folk style. And I love, love, love that. You know what? Yeah. The United States is the best in the world right now. How can you say that, you know, and, and actually a lot of folk style or catch as catch can is, is being implemented into freestyle. That's given the Europeans a lot of trouble. So, uh, you know, you can, 
debate all you want, but please don't touch our folks down. Let us have our folks down. <laughs> yeah. You know, in the point that he's made, this he's made this point multiple times because, you know, it's not the first time this has kind of popped up because, you know, people want to keep saying freestyle is more exciting, um, which technically, you know, at times it can be, other times it's not. Um, but he brings up the fact that you have an NCAA tournament that sold out in 18, 19,000 seat arenas for three or four days, right? Uh, every year. You go to Las Vegas in April and a 3,000 seat arena is not sold out to watch some of the best in the entire world compete, right? Right. Um, so why, why would you dick around with something like that when you already see you have more popularity in what we have right now with folk style than when they graduate and they go to wrestle internationally than the following that they have? So why is that? Why would you want to change that? And, you know, I, I know he appreciates folk style, like you mentioned. Um, you know, we do too. It just, you kind of got to agree, it doesn't make much sense um, to change that. Right. And I, and a lot of people are saying, use the edge of the mat or get the edge of the mat rule. Uh, implement that in a folk, folk style that they have in freestyle. And to me, edge of the man in freestyle and in Greco is, is a push out. It's like a sumo wrestling. It's like yeah. get an underhook and then just push, 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 take your one, go back to the middle, get an underhook, push, 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 and take your one. Uh, Gilman, he's a master at that. But, you know, as are many others, you know, but it, it, to me, it's not as exciting. You know, you know give, me, give me some wrestling. And, uh, you know, then you get out there and you get a guy that maybe gets a move on and and does a, an exposure, 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 stand up matches over it. Well, you know, I don't yeah. see that being very fun and exciting. So, right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't think, uh, I, I just don't think that that would benefit the, the sport the way a lot of people uh, think it would. Um, you know, I think the majority of it is, the connection through schools, you know, that's where the popularity is. That's what's more attractive and, and it's up to programs and schools and, you know, uh, the NCAA to, to try to get more schools back into the fold, especially at the D1 level for that popularity to, to grow and expand. Absolutely, that uniform is so important. We've talked about this before. You think about Iowa, and I'm not knocking or anything, but people cheer for the black and gold. They cheer. That's what they want to do. Or they cheer for the, the, the cardinal and gold for, for Iowa State or the purple and gold for UNA. But, you know, in a lot of those instances, they're not necessarily even Iowa kids. They're on the team. Pick a team. Pick a sport. Football. But, you know, whatever. You're just cheering for the, the, the Iowa University of Iowa or whatever school you want to cheer for. But, and that's cool. That's what, that's all right. That's what sports are about. So, yeah. And that, and, and that's, that's where it's on the programs and the schools 
to to really foster that growth you know what uh have cool events have uh you know have special promotions and then put an exciting doesn't matter if it's folk style or, or what it is put an exciting brand of wrestling on the map mm-hmm. you know uh have the the spencer lees and the parker Keckeisens um and the david cars or younger bastidas as you know the majority instead of the exceptions you know what i mean you know we want to see taylor lujan and uh sammy brooks mm-hmm. and you know guys like that um wrestling right. where it's fun and exciting and that's where you grow and that's where you get better because you can have those exciting matches in folk style we've seen it yanni diak uh, mahalas uh need those to be the uh the majority over the exceptions right. and that's how you grow right the spencer lees for sure and maybe this is a good segue kj into the uni oklahoma state meet because that one had some points and they put it on the board and they they weren't you know, real close matches. I mean, there's some close matches, but they were still putting points on the board instead of mm-hmm. two to one, three to two. Then you got 15, 14 to five, eight to one, 15 to seven, five to four, six to four, you know, pins 20 to six, you know, so you got some points that you're putting on the board and it's, it's exciting for the people in the stands there. So maybe that, that was the more exciting meet in the state this past weekend, uh, you know, or at least with our state schools. So um, anyway, yeah, yeah, let's let's compare really quick. Okay, so you had Spencer Lee that scored 18 points. Um you had Aaron Brooks that scored 22. Do you know what the the highest point total after that in a match that wasn't decided by a pin? Because I think Roman Bravo Young might have had. 10 or so, but you know what the most high, the highest point total for a winner outside of Spencer Lee and Aaron Brooks was in the Iowa Penn State duel? Four or five? Four points? Four. Four? Four. Do you know how many uh, Panthers and Sooners, or not Sooners, uh, Cowboys uh, that scored more than five, uh, five points for a win? Or five points or more for a win? Uh, well, I'm looking at it. So eight. <laughs> yeah. I cheated. Yep. Yeah. So that tells you, you know, yeah. that 5-4 win by Real Buto. Um, then you had a 6-4 win by Holschlag, which, hey, how about Derek Holschlag uh, and the way that he's wrestled this year? Um, another big win for him over number 10, Caden Gefeller. But – other than that, you know, it's uh, Dustin Plot had seven. Uh, Dayton Fix scored eight against Piscaglia. Um, Carter Young scored 15, and him and Kale Happel combined for 22 total points. Uh, Goldhofer started out with a major decision with 14 points. You know, Keckheisen, is, Keckheisen scored 20 points and was scoring, trying to score at the end to, to get the uh, attack. And just kind of missed out on that one by 14. That's the exciting, like you said, probably the most exciting uh, duel of the weekend. 
Right. I mean, and, and uh, Heck Eisen might be the most fun wrestler to watch of our three state state uh, schools. I mean, I mean, obviously Spencer Lee puts some points on the board. Heck Eisen just is, just goes after uh, David Carr puts puts points on the board. You know, and uh, Coleman this year too as well. Um, sure. Sure. And, uh, you know, so, uh, but that Keck Eisen, he's so fun to watch. And I bet a lot of people have probably never seen him wrestle. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, but your point is taken that all the points that are on the board there. And even the last two matches that were, that ended up two to one with the uh, Cowboys and the Panthers, uh, Wyatt Volker, it's exciting there because here's a, a true freshman wrestling, you know, a, a high, pretty, a pretty highly ranked. Top 20, anyway, ranked uh, wrestler and goes two to one with him when the meet's on the line. Uh, then you got Terrell Gordon, um, also wrestling another ranked wrestler that does a two, three to two match. And so, I mean, even though it's three to two and with the meet on the line, every point you kind of get a little more stingy when, <laughs> when you know that's the, the issue. So, right. And uh, Gordon had a, uh, there's an instance where Gordon had like a little bit of a throw, but they were on the edge of the mat and ended up going out of bounds. Uh, I know Schwab after the meet said, wish we could have gotten that in the center. Uh, Might have been a little different, but, you know, there's still moments where, you know, they were going for it. Right. Gordon's improved to me a lot this year. He's he's a threat to be an All-American for sure, and hopefully a high-placing one. Yeah, and that, that duel was right within uh, you and I's grasp, too. Uh, kind of a, a unfortunate uh, – Turn of events at 165 where Wyatt Sheets uh, pinned Austin Yant. Um, you know, if that uh, if that goes any other way, we're talking about uh, uh, you and I um, winning both. But uh, right, uh, still real, still a good performance from the Panthers. Right, and Yant's the other. He's the higher ranked wrestler, but but I don't know why Sheets is must be having an off season or something. He's been around forever and is is uh, is a great wrestler. So um, I'm, I'm not surprised, but obviously the pin is what really, really, really hurt there. That's a match that they needed even to even to keep it close. If they keep it to a decision, you and I wins the duel. So um, yeah, that was very pivotal there. Um, you and I did bounce back with a win over Oklahoma, uh, 23 to 12, uh, after that 1917 loss uh, um, the night before. Uh, Kyle Biscaglia, Real Buto, um, Holshog, Yant, Tech Eisen, and then Noah Glazier back in at 197, all one. Uh, Keck Eisen, Holshog, Real Buto uh, going 2 0 over the weekend. Yeah, they had a good, good showing there. And uh, um, we're still in limbo with whether. Uh, Volker is uh, he still has his red shirt, correct? With the new rule, right? Right, that's his that's his only that's only his first one, so he can still wrestle three more times and keep his red shirt. So, uh, we'll see how Coach Schwab and and Wyatt and, and the staff handle that. Okay, this is this is Briggs sitting from a long ways away. Hoping that maybe if they need to, they use him for one, two, or three more times, but keep his red shirt on because, man, I think that there's such an upside to Wyatt Volker. And I don't know that he's ready to be an All American yet this year. He's darn close, but 
But uh, I just don't know that he's quite there. And so if we keep that red shirt on and maybe get four more down the road, hopefully, you know. Yeah, and, and you can see the, you know, what's the biggest growing pain for a true freshman at the college level? What position? Usually it's down. Yeah, and and that's what, you know, he gave up uh, he gave up riding time, and that was the difference. Just had a, had a hard time kind of getting out um, in that third period until it kind of got released. Um, so, yeah, give him, get him three more matches, and then – you know, I don't know if his bump would be a tremendous difference when it comes to team scoring or anything like that at the Big 12s or the NCAAs. So get him some experience now <clears throat> and then save that shirt for four more years. Right. That, that'd be my hope, but we'll see what, how it plays out. Yep. And... um. Oklahoma State uh, in Oklahoma also wrestled in Ames. Uh, Iowa State coming away with uh, two wins there. Uh, fairly dominant uh, performance by them. Yes, and, and I, I uh, had some upsets in that match, or those, in, the, I'm, uh, in those meets, I should say, with, uh, you know, I'm kind of looking at some of the, new Iowa state faces that have really shined this year that stumbled a bit, especially in the Oklahoma meet. Um, Swiderski at 141 and Johnson at 149, both right. lost. And, uh, and that, that's Swiderski's, he's a handful. <laughs> so <laughs> there was a team point deduction after that match. I'm not sure what, but <laughs> uh, anyway, then, uh, so my point is, is that, you know, I, kind of a, yeah, Johnson, man, he's on top of the world and then, you know, loses to a non-ranked wrestler, or at least not a real highly ranked, I don't think. <coughs> right, with Wiley, six to Wiley. four. Couple close, couple close ones. You know, probably never want to make excuses, but maybe hope, uh, maybe, maybe there's something, to, uh, you know, Younger Bastida didn't wrestle uh, either. Um, you know, is is you think Redding is the the thirty three pounder now to go to, or is he just filling in for NSI? I thought he was at the beginning. Then I thought it it, it went the other way, and now it seems like it's back again. So I, I don't know. I mean, I maybe it's a a case of who's healthiest. You know, so it, it, yeah. So I I wonder if maybe. You know, a lot of teams have been kind of dealing with illnesses and stuff this time of year. So maybe that's something that came into play with Swiderski and Johnson, just because those were two losses I I really were surprised about. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, and so I don't know, you know. Um, uh, you know, on the other side, uh, um, uh, Skyler, <laughs> I believe it's Skyler, isn't it? Uh, mm -hmm. At heavyweight. Uh, beat uh, Heinzelman for, uh, in the Oklahoma meet, pretty highly ranked wrestler there. And, uh, um, you know, so there's a plus side for the, for the Cyclones on, uh, in terms of that. Um, you know, it's a nice win there. Uh, you know, Carr just keeps doing it, being Carr, and Coleman got a pin and over Keegan Moore. Mm -hmm. and, you know, that, uh, 
you know, Keegan Moore had a tough, tough he had a handful this this uh with his trip and he had to wrestle <laughs> in uh, Coleman. So Coleman and Kaiser, yep. Yeah. But uh anyway, so um with Oklahoma we 25 to 12, Oklahoma uh, Iowa State dominated Oklahoma, of course, but had a couple of matches that I'm sure they're walking away going, that's we, we didn't perform. So mm-hmm. anyway. they followed that up with an 1811. Uh, went over the Cowboys on Sunday afternoon. Want to give a little bit of a shout out to uh, Caleb Fesley, yeah. uh, 125 stepping in, beating Zach, Zach Blankenship 10 to 4. Fesley, a former CPU prep here, um, you know, kind of in a being called on after uh, Tarakina and uh, Kabamban being hurt. Um, and he gets a win against the marquee program. That's that's got to be pretty cool, right? Fun to see a local guy do do well. And and I need to correct myself. The Swiderski unsportsmanlike was in the Oklahoma State meet, not the Oklahoma meet. But nevertheless, uh, anyway, then uh, you know, so Swiderski went on two this weekend, which I don't think he was very keen and kind. He didn't like that very well. Uh, Yeah. But, Some uh, frustration they, may have set in there. Right. The, the, the marquee match in that meet probably was David Carr and Wyatt Sheets, uh, which Carr won five to three. But that, that, like I said, that Sheets is – I mean, he's ranked pretty low compared to where he's been in the last few years. So, And we know what he's uh, – we certainly know what he's capable of. That's for sure. He's a, he's a quality guy. Right. Um. And then Younger Bastidas uh, actually did wrestle in the Okie State meet where Iowa State won the final three matches. Um, you know, that was kind of big. So they were able to close things out there. Um, you know, they uh, – let's see. They improved to 12-2 and two overall. Um Five and zero in the conference, and see they have West Virginia and Pitt this weekend. So they'll go to West Virginia for a Big Twelve duel on Friday, and then at Pitt uh, on Saturday to get a non-conference duel in before the big one next week at Cedar Falls. Looking forward. I'm looking forward already to that Iowa State you and I meet. (laughs) And uh, you and I, uh, they have uh, Cal Baptist at home on Friday, and then they head to Morgantown, West Virginia on Sunday. So that's what they have coming up. Uh, Iowa has uh, a trip to Minnesota this Friday before – hosting Michigan on the 10th, same night as Iowa State. Minnesota's ranked 12th, so Iowa looking to get back on top there. Um, Patrick Kennedy heading back home. Um, you know, I did, just not a lot, really, to kind of look at <clears throat> with Minnesota. There's not uh, – a ton there. You have do have Michael Blockus at 149 still 
competing. Uh, more than likely, he'll face uh, Max Murin. Um, you know, then at 184, you know, Abe Assad wasn't at uh, at Penn State. Uh, you know, they had to bump up uh, Drake Rhodes right now. Uh, 184 is to be decided. So um, we'll see uh, what they do there. And then Brody Teske, who gave up kind of that big pin. Um, to uh, Roman Bravo Young, he's listed either or at 133. So his return to State College didn't go real well, and we'll see if he gets back on track and gets the call against Minnesota on uh, Friday. Speaking of Minnesota, um, there's a Minnesota team that came down to Iowa on Thursday for a marquee duel, the Battle of the Bergs. Uh, Thursday in Waverly between Augsburg and Wartburg. Um, and the Knights kind of, uh, they didn't necessarily lose to, they didn't lose to Augsburg, but finished behind them at the national duels. And uh, Wartburg uh, had much better fortune uh, on Thursday than they did in Louisville. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to be candid and honest here. I don't know how Warburg didn't win the, the uh, dual championship. Um, <laughs> they got beat by Johnson and Wales, and then Johnson and Wales got pounded by Augsburg. Uh, and then, of course, they were able to turn it around this, this weekend or this uh, last Thursday. And, uh, but uh, they were doing some fiddling again with their lineup, and uh, that's probably what cost it. But uh, now that they've got that under control, They've got their wrestlers' bodies back up to their weights, and then they were able to perform. Uh, Chris Trump was a takedown machine and, and really turned it around there, um, as did Joe, uh, Joe Penn. So, uh, you know, a lot going on there behind the scenes that they've got settled. So, all right. Any other, uh, any other things from uh, the college level that, uh, uh Quickly, D3 at the, Pete mm-hmm. Will, at the Pete Wilson Invitational, Cornell finished 10th out of 31 teams. Again, Gabe Smith at 157 out of Washington, the state of Washington, the coaches of Ohio freshman, took second. And then the uh, fifth or sixth year or whatever he is, Casey Allen, uh, mm-hmm. 165, took fourth. Um, Loris and Co. did not wrestle. Luther beat UD 28 to 12. And uh, next up this week, uh, Thursday at Central is at Luther, and then UD is at Loris, Wartburg's at Coe, and uh, UD, uh, Loris, and Wartburg Co. are Friday, and then on Saturday, UD has their, their <coughs> which UD and Cornell will be at for D3. D2, KJ, Upper Iowa, number 10 Upper Iowa, ventured up north, and uh, they beat Minot State 28-7 to on Friday, and then lost to number 14, University of Mary, who's a really a great team. They're just really, in the last couple of years, have impressed me. They lost 18 to 12 to Mary on Saturday. And they have a, they've got a chore coming up. They've got number five, St. Cloud State, which I'm not sure how they're number five. I think they're better than that. And then yeah. number seven, uh, UW Parkside on Sunday. Yeah, it's a big weekend for, for them coming up uh, with those two duels. Right. And then they'll, they'll only have one other duel before 
uh, the super regionals. Um, so this is a this is a big test, and then they'll have a little break before they face uh, Minnesota State on February seventeenth, and then it's the postseason. So uh, Keith Grimm will get a nice gauge of where the Peacocks are at here this weekend, kind of approaching uh, uh, crunch time. Right. That's some tough. They will have wrestled uh, number 14, number five, and number seven in their last three duels. The last duel in their next two. So <laughs> that's, a, that's good competition. As always, just like to say thanks for watching us and, and follow along. Uh, make sure to check all our content at thegazette.com. And uh, as always, Coach, uh, thank you for sharing your expertise and all you do for wrestling. And why don't you go ahead and take us out with our friend's words. Let's keep wrestling on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.